amakwini bahlali amakwini banabahle siyabulisa we just wanna give thanks and um welcome you all to the space of indigenous frequency cast which is aimed at uh, shifting the frequencies of vibration uh, for those of us who are are called by the different indigenous frequencies that exist that permeate through nature that permeate through uh, the known and unknown universe through the dreamscape um all those frequencies of love and light uh, that try to call us home in a never ending cycle uh, so this frequency's main focus is just providing that platform my guest and providing those frequencies to exist for people to engage with exist so that uh, we may be able to have an alternative choice to the frequencies and the vibrations that we are uh, exposed to on a daily basis and say that there are more frequencies and more sounds that our bodies want to uh, induce and want to uh, share and commune with them because as we all know that our bodies are the antennas our bodies are instruments and to fine tune those instruments our bo- our bodies are able to pick up the different tones and frequencies that exist and are shaped by those frequencies so we want to be able to find all avenues uh, in order for us to be the best um, that we can be but also to vibrate at the highest frequency um just for us to vibrate at that high, the, our highest frequency and our perfect pitch and our perfect tone. Um, so understanding that uh, when we talk about frequency and we can talk about tone, we'll unpack those things and how we define them um, in terms of ancestrally, but it's also in terms of uh, traditional, I guess, ways of understanding uh, what is music, what is sound, what is vibration, and what tools exist for us to engage that space. So indigenous frequency cost focuses a lot and will be focused a lot on sharing those frequencies and unpacking how to tap into the medicinal and healing properties of sound how to tap in into the the active ingredients within the frequencies of love and light that people are admitting who are who are producing sounds that are 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 song lines that are meant to activate different energy points and energy fields within ourselves but also within the communities that we engage with to reshift and recode ourselves as i always like to share uh, that our people will say when you watch these shows on you know mysteries and ancient mysteries etc and they're like oh the ain't uh these structures were built by aliens when you find them in the african continent all these other indigenous uh, places where indigenous communities were and i always find it funny because um i know that when people can't understand something they'll attribute it to something else if they can't in- attribute it to themselves so with the indigenous frequency cost it's to share and to tell people that sound is a living memory it's a it's a, it's a water it's a waterbed of memory and to be invited within that memory is a very divine thing but also to be able to navigate within that space takes practice and recoding and reconstituting uh, through chants through meditations through different sound frequencies 
um, that we find on the continent that are endogenous and indigenous to southern Africa, but also indigenous to the African continent. I'm talking technologies, sounds, um, and instrumentation that will assist us in order to tap into that memory bank and tap into that living archive that exists within the sound space, in the dream space, in the ancestral space, but also in the physical realm and, and in many other dimensions. So... Um, yeah, man, once more, just want to uh, give many thanks for uh, lending us your ears, um, lending us some perfume, your, your, your energy, your air, and your spirit. Um, we also want to just acknowledge Naati that uh, we're not speaking about these things alone. Um, at the same time, just to acknowledge that who who's going to be mediating this process is Umdana Wekwele. Um, I'll be the one uh, speaking on some of the my my just sharing stories. I would say just about to share a story on the beginning of uh, the healing sound journey, and I want to start with the offering called Inkaba, and Inkaba is a uh, is an offering that is um, Inkaba the journey home. Um, um, is an offering that touches on some of these um, conversations around sounds and how to, I want to unpack what was happening at that time when this album by Umtanawekwele was being produced. Um, the journeys and um, some of the the active ingredients that will allow you to and contextualize once whilst listening, and I think this will also then bring depth and insight into the technologies that were at use, the divination technologies that were at use within that sound scope and within those sound fields, so that we're able to tap into more than just what we hear, but we're able to tap into the indigenous frequency and the elder frequency that exists within those sounds so that we're able to imagine more uh, together. So I'll start, um, I want to, I'll just go by playing some of, obviously, the chants and the meditations and just, you know, get into a beautiful story about uh, where they exist and how they exist. So obviously, this offering um, is titled Inkab. And I think what's important is just to to explain what Inkaba is and the spiritual significance of Inkaba. Um, for those who don't know, Inkaba is your umbilical cord. Um, when we are born in Southern Africa, I would say, I don't know, I can't speak for anywhere else, but I know in, in the Nguni context in Southern Africa that when you're born, um, your umbilical cord is um, a very sacred uh, piece of uh, of you obviously because it's the it's what was giving you life force within the womb um so what happens is that once you're born now i'm not going to be well, maybe at a later stage we'll talk about different spiritual meanings of umbilical cords whilst whilst being in the womb but right now the focus is more on the womb itself like uh, once we're born uh, snipping of the umbilical cord, and there's that piece that 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 is still attached to the infant, um, and that piece. What we'll do is that we'll take alcohol and we'll, an alcohol-based substance, maybe take some cotton wool and wrap it around the umbilical cord and wait for it to fall off. And when it does fall off, uh, we then bury it within the ground, um, and that burial is 
to tie your umbilical cord, your spiritual umbilical cord to the earth, which we know that Abba Pants live within the earth um, and they live within, live inverted commas, but they exist and vibrate and manifest within that space. Um, and so Abakulu, it connects us to them through that process. It tells us, it tells us that spiritually and significantly, we are earth, we are dust, we are them, and uh, it, it it provides that channel. So uh, that is a ceremony that will happen. Then there are other ceremonies that uh, uh, that that will, I guess, exist. But that is one of the first. Um, uh, ceremonies, one of the first, you know, depending on the nature of birth, etc. But let me say one of the first and a very important ceremony because uh, you would find that here they would ask, um, where's your, in analogous to where do you call home? Where are your roots? And that root brings us into the family tributaries and the uh, um, the, the, the root system within the, 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 the ancient uh, texts of, 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 of Kwantu uh, and Abantu, because if you understand that if 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 you go back um, generations down the line and understand that your ancestors and ancestors, when they were moving from the Great Lakes, when they were moving from the Mandinka tribes, uh, when they were moving from many places to come down to Southern Africa, they were giving birth and putting the umbilical cord. This is an important thing when we unpack. Uh, different conversations at a later stage of umnom um but this this shows you that our spiritual our umbilical cord our spiritual umbilical cords are connected to the earth and our ancestry lines are connected to that that true those tributaries those riverways those 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 all lead those riverways that all lead to uh that waterbed that memory bed you know that I was talking about so so this is the beautiful thing about this ceremony. If but that is a diff- another ceremony where you're being, a, when you when you where you I get a slot, your goat is slaughtered for you to just announce that who this person is within that family when you reach the age of one, or older for some people. Some people use a cow, depending on the family. Nesigolabo, but this 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 process of bearing in kaba is is your. <laughs> I, I don't really know how to define it. And so this memory at the time, I think it was 2016, 17, I had just come back from Brazil. Um, I'd had a very, very intense journey uh, with, um, some interest, with some interesting and some very beautiful elders uh, guiding me or being found by the sacred plants as well that exist within that side. Um, for example, ayahuasca. Um, and this isn't about um, uh, uh, focusing on that journey, but more what what then happened after that point in time. Because I returned home and began to vision, and I hadn't been, uh, I haven't had a, had a dream or remembered a dream in a long time. But I remember that first vision. My, I came back to Cape Town. Um, I was. My parents were in America doing some mission work, and I was laying, sleeping in their bed. And that night, I, re- I had a vision that there was this river, this lake, very beautiful and clear lake that almost when you looked into it, you, you couldn't tell that there was water. The water was almost like air. On the side, in the, on the side of this lake, 
there was a dune, a golden dune that connected to this, the hues, like these very gold brown hues of the sun. Next to that lake, running with that lake, um, is was a were trees, just trees, like trees, one after the other in a line, almost like a river. If you look like from the sky and you see a, the way a snake is, the way a river is, imagine trees doing the same thing next to their bed. And I was on top of this, the, this, the trees with a friend of mine. And in the distance, I could feel the vibrations, this very, like, very, not scary, but... I could feel intentions of harm coming from this energy that a snake, the snake had that was far in the distance on top of the other tree, uh, uh, on, of these trees. And it was a brown snake and it was just uh, huddled up in itself and moving, you know, slithering within itself. And I could just look there and I could feel its energy, like the energy waves were just like, yo. And then I was, I was like, whoa, yo. And I decided to jump into the water i was like okay i need to jump into this water and as i was going into the water i turned into this um i turned into a bird and i went into this water and only realized it was water when i felt the texture because it's like plonk like i you can't you couldn't see that it's water as i said it was like air but once you could feel you could feel the texture but as i got inside it there was this huge yellow snake and i was like you another one what's going on and I just like was thrashing, but the snakes in that water's mouth was closed. It was just circling me, swimming around me in a in a circle. And I quickly jumped out or and went on top of back to on top of these tree trunks where my friend still was. And as I got there, I was back to a person, looked down, saw the other snake, saw the snake was trying to get me. I was like another snake. And I just kept going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And I remember waking up like shop, wake up like, whoa. What did I just see? Moving backwards now, back to that journey within the ayahuasca, one very pivotal moment that I had was I was um, with, um, I was the the elder that was chanting behind me during the ceremony, an elder just sat behind me and just began to chant. Um, and I looked back and I just saw like, I saw her, his grandfather or a grandfather spirit you know with from the the americas um, from the native american tribes seemed to be by the feather headdress etc and almost like a very orange they like the energy like the very orange red was the color of the spirit and he just started chanting behind me and i just sat and listened and as i was listening i just began to vomit out the sound like this 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 frequency of and it just kept coming out as he was chanting when he stopped i stopped and i tried to laugh it off like i was like hey i don't know what's happening here and as he started chanting i continued to to chant this i didn't know what it was at the time but just the sound kept coming out and as i was chanting i just kept seeing per, like pyramid shapes geometric shapes and gold red um, colors that I later on conceptualized and understood. But at the time, I was just like, whoa. And this is for me when I felt the, 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 
the strength of vibration, you know, and sound and how we know sounds that we don't even recognize that we know because the elders that exist within us know and songs will remind them and bring them to the fore. So when you play a particular sound that that another that that your ancestor has felt they will come and they will remind you because that sound exists within your DNA. And when I bring it back to the information of the pyramids, I believe that indigenous frequency caused this function is not just to reshift the frequency, but allow us to tap into the technologies and sound technologies that will recodify us and assist in those who can remember some of the ancient technologies and ways of beings that exist in the past. Um, tap into that memory so that we can bring it into the modern journey and remodernize and reconstitute Africa on its own terms and its, in its own belief structures without it being ashamed of itself. So I, I, in this time, I just want to, uh, I want to play Ushiwele, uh, um, the Ngoma chant, um, which is the first opening of Inkapa. And this this sound um, is just that. It's just a chant uh, that just reinforces for me the with the time that I'd encountered this chant was deep during the roads must fall uh, moments in my life in twenty. Uh, I think it was twenty fifteen. So that means I I I. I Yes, it was 2015 when... Yeah, 2015. Didn't get my days wrong. Um, in 2015, I really was deep inside the, the, the that movement and the song really evoked some other type of frequency with me. Like I could feel that this is such an old chant. Old not because of its words, but old because of what it was... The type of pain, trauma, but medicine it was carrying. It was able to... To, nullif- to, to, to put at calm a room that it was ready to, to, to be faced police or whatever. It was, it was able to assist us in mourning. It was able to assist us in being soft with one another when the situation was tense and was hard. And so this, this, this chant, I could really feel embodied and carried something that was beyond what it was being used for, but it could be used in such a multiple waves because it carried such a powerful wavelength. Um, and many indigenous songs and traditional songs have that. Some people say we don't have indigenous or traditional songs or African songs because all songs that carry this wavelength are by virtue of them um, carrying it, uh, indigenous to Africa. For me, that just means that we need to think hard about which 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 sounds are ours that are carrying that, that, that wavelength because we know um, that sound and healing and music, chants, mantras, words that are imbued with spiritual power, all those things are, 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 are the cosmology and African cosmology. We don't compartmentalize these things. Sound can is always packed with uh, 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 healing potential. It's always packed with knowledge. It's always packed as an intellectual tool that is there to teach and to guide. So... It's, it's it's important for me to to acknowledge that that that, that reality when, when when discussing these sounds because that is what they were, and so and how I engaged all other sounds, and I think that 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 
that that that idea that um, sound is more than just what other people may identify it as is really important when we are, are, are wanting to understand what sound is, indigenous sound, indigenous frequency within the continent. It, it begs the question for us to say that what exactly are we listening to and what are we gaining from? So uh, I, this is what Shiwele was um, and for me and uh, just going to play it and allow us to just to, to listen to this meditation before discussing and going into So, yeah, Shiwele, yo. I was just really opening up the space and inviting all energies that exist. But it was also, 
it really reminded me of the pain that the continent has gone through, like the wounds and the intra and intergenerational wounds that still exist within Abandu. Uh, just how much we carry as a people, but just how much is still happening within the continent. Uh, just yeah, thinking of many con like many many countries that still have so much trauma and so much pain and so much hurt. But these songs allow us to mourn in a way that that is dignified and invite uh, the healing sages within our ancestral lines to assist us and to just wipe clean some wounds and to clean us up. And so for me, that was just it was like so for me, Ushiwele was burning in Beapo. Uh, it was just burning in Beapo. It was just um, opening up the channel ways. Uh, I mean, it's just opening up the channel ways to be, yo, I, I, I'm overwhelmed now. You know, I'm overwhelmed. All I can do is sing and all I can do is chant. And through that, uh, allow all the, the existing rubble to be rubbed off through the vibration that the song creates within me the rumble that the song creates allows me to dust off the d the dirt um, just like if you had put a put a string or anything that vibrates next to sand or dust and it vibrates uh enough it will move those 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 frequencies but it will also shift the frequencies of things in uh and space in the room uh, there are multiple studies that are done about how energy can be transferred and how energy is shared, but also how when one string vibrates on an instrument, uh, the other strings vibrate, whether you can see it or not or hear it or not, but that vibration causes other vibrations uh, to shift um, and to to change. So the next offering was also deep in that the a similar space of reflection about uh the just the injustice that was happening on the continent you know, um uh, the racial injustice the sexual injustice the 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 reality that uh black queer and um and people of color and um just the impoverished and uh, marginalized communities were going through within the context of SA and being deep within that space, I just realized that although we're fighting a system that 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 is against us, we're also fighting the remnants within that system within ourselves, uh, which which many thinkers like Ubiko and others talk about when they're talking about the shifting of consciousness and black consciousness and other movements that seem to want to shift not just the physical system but the remnants of that system that linger within us. This was so important for me when I, uh, with the next offering uh, um, that spoke about Amapulam Nyama, Bazo Yabo. So this really just talks about the, a parable, I guess, about people who come to someone's home. Someone comes to someone's home, someone decides, hey, uh, I came with a blade. I'm ready to, with a blade. There's a traditional songs that So it's like, you don't have a cow here. Why are you coming here with your blade ready to cut? Why are you coming into the house ready to do things, but you have no ownership here? 
um, that then put into the same spectrum of of talking about black skins, white masks, you know, talking about Franz Fanon and other other uh, other thinkers who who just tell us, hey, this is this game is deeper than that. <laughs> This is also about our, the war within ourselves, more so when we realize how deeply embedded we are and how we crisscross with so many other other peoples. You know, we always think about race as an identity or, or I mean, races uh, or sex as, um, and gender as things that exist in these polar opposites. Or we think of it as something that exists only in the now. So I look at my gender now, I look at my identity and my sex and my race as it's been, as it's been defined by the world. Um, and then how I understand and define it and redefine it. But then I, I always beg people to, to look further when looking at your genealogy and your gene pool. And then you begin to understand that you were always made up of a, a pool and a long line of, of, of genders, of uh, identities, of classes, of royalty. Of, there's a long line that constitutes you. And so we see that within ourselves, within our, our spiritual selves, or within our gene pool, we may have had the oppressed and the oppressor. I'm talking about Emandul, in ancient times, we're talking about intra- and inter-tribal warfare. We're talking about uh, wars, we're talking about uh, feuds, we're talking about uh, things that haven't been forgotten and forgiven that needs uh, and to be, they need to be cleansed. And so it made me realize that there's also another battle that exists within ourselves that we need to fight, spiritual and physical. And we're going to have moments where we're trying to be about something, about some cause on the continent. We're trying to reshift the, the frequency and the, the rate of vibration within the continent. But then you'll find others who are still within uh, that vibration that is here to hamper us and put us down. And so it just it just reminds me that that, 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 that chant just reminded me that this is going to be hard. To reshift the frequency at that stage, people will not understand what you're talking about. Worse so um, now that after those visions that I had, before I released um, and went through the the offering um, of Inkaba, I was like, I need to go home. Like I had finished doing my masters. I, I was doing a masters in which was Seeds of the Brace Bow, which looked at finding the the, 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 the the sages and the knowers within the traditional instrumentalism and understanding them as people who are contributing a invaluable resource to our timeline. These are sages, knowers in the continent, just like you have sages all over the world that are so recognized in the West with the Western philosophers of Plato, Socrates, etc. You have you have the, the gurus, the Buddhas, um, that all exist within the East. You have so many sages across the world in different contexts, whether it be Shifus in the Kung Fu or whatever the case may be. Um, but seldom do we understand the sages that exist on the continent. Um, the sages that exist in that space. Uh, that have, have were doing the job that they were supposed to be doing at that time and not what it has become through the conditions that exist, but understanding what were the functions and roles of these sages, the craftspeople, the, the makers, the advisors, those who praise singers, all these functions that tapped into that frequency and that knowledge of Abakul, um, and who called forth light, um, uh, it, it really it, 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 it reminded me that 
I need to go home, one, and when I go home, it's not going to be easy. And every time I listen to this the song, even recording it wasn't easy, getting someone to master, getting recording space. And all of these songs were really done. I think two were done in studio, but all the offerings here were, were done just, you know, one was this one was done at the bottom of the music school at the time where I was studying, uh, just with a makeshift studio, just really going in but before then i was in someone's house and just being like yo this is never gonna come together but eventually it did um, because i learned to let go when i said i must listen to the voice inside because there's something beyond me speaking now and so i decided to go home to go and understand the many other visions that i got but every time i listened to this on my journeys after Ushuele, where i was like here's the wound i was like remember that you're going to encounter people that are against you and people that are um that uh, uh, when you're there and my grandfather explained to me that what's hard about the journey of divination the journey of being called to be a healer in whatever way you heal is that there's this thing called umkwali, so where people feel your energy and they the demons within them are starting to become uncomfortable because they understand that you're coming to bring light but also you're coming with an energy that is coming to bring something that is unwanted by the rulers of darkness and those people who don't want that energy to exist and so really this this offering really goes into that and i think let's dive into it um, and and listen to the vibrations
where my, as I was saying, that it was more than where my umbilical cord was put, but it was where that's connected and the other umbilical cords that resonate with that umbilical cord. When I unpack that, who is, who are, who's my father? Who's my spiritual father? Who's my spiritual mother? Who's my physical ma- father? Who's my physical mother? Who are my great par- grandparents? Great grandparents? What clans? Where are they from? And that's what embarked on the Inkaba, the journey home, was to say that we are going to find out where are we from and who are we? Who are the people that culminate up? Uh, uh, that culminate or or embody culminate in the me that is now, but also the me in the future. Uh, where is the insosa yengulo ekaya? So, like, where are these visions coming from? Where are the explanations of those visions? Because the people that I was asking in the towns, when I asked them about the serpents, when I asked them about the animals, when I asked them about the symbology that was occurring in my dream, I knew that these are old things that I'm, I'm dreaming. The, met, the, the language that is being used here is ancient language. Or a time before people were conversing in phones or whatever the case may be. Because I kept understanding that other people were visioning like people speaking to them but me it was just energy it was just frequency vibrations entities that were holding space so i said let me go home and this is what amam pondomis is about is about going home and saying okay the first vantage point is i went to my mother's side and unpacked amam pondomis and who they are um and understand who am I there as, as we call it, as someone who's born within a particular context and say, who am I there within this, this family structure um, and go home to where I was raised, essentially, uh, uh, or partly raised as much as I was raised uh, on different sides. But that was a large part of a lot of initiations and tra- uh, traditions that I'd gone through. Uh, so I was said, okay, let me go to the people that I think that can answer these questions or some of uh, were there and those who had had the similar sickness, I guess, and were there and sickness. I mean, calling to divination or, 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 or moments where they feel like they're sick, but actually it is a purge, a sacred purge um, uh, of things that are within that need to be let out so that you can vibrate at your highest frequency. So I needed to go home. As much as this was a call, when I understood that, wow, that Amampondomi say in the 1800s, under the rulership of uh, King Inkumkan Umshond, uh, in the War of Hope, this is what the, the uh, where the nation decided to not bow down to British uh, colonial, imperialistic, and uh, destructive and evil rule, and a punitive mission was was then uh, undergone or foregone. I, uh, or embarked on, I don't know what you call it, was they decided after they had uh, killed um, the the magistrate Hope and other peeps uh, saying, no, we won't bow down to your rule, a punitive mission was gone. And they they went and, I guess, destroyed the, the nation of Amampondomis and gave it to other tribes that were complicit in that and a lot of the tribes and the clan names ran and went to Lesotho, ran to different locations just to be safe. Um, and that's where you realize that once great nation that covers a vast majority of what is now the Eastern Cape going from Ekumbu, uh, um, uh, 
going to Mtata was all part of the dominion of the Amambono Mise, but that was reduced to these two, these few towns, Utsolo and other places now that I understand where, okay, this is Amambono Mise. And you realize that the the effects that that, uh, that had, you realize they broke that line. They broke, they didn't break it as in it doesn't exist, but they stripped land and rights and titles um, within that people. And so it was a call as well to be like, give our home back, like government recognized or people recognized as your own government as well, that there's ancestral land where your ancestors lay that you need to go and visit into those rivers um, and those bodies of water to go and wash this for
When I speak about engaging in the active ingredients of sound, what I'm making reference to is understanding the intentions behind sound. If you notice where in in ritual and ceremony, when people are using, when Abant are using the sound technologies, they're using that with particular intention, a focus on intention, a focus on context. I recall my grandmother when uh, singing Usoma Kwaza, and she said to me, I told her long and she was just making me aware that because I love the song and I sing it whenever she was just reminding me in a very important way that be careful of the songs you sing because the songs that you sing hold meaning and hold context and bring a certain amount of energy forward and so understanding when to sing what, what song and what sound technology and device to use, what instrument to use, what, what energy and what uh, spirit and what, uh, what intention you're going to invoke is really important when we sing songs and why it's important to, to understand our chants and what they are meant to do and when we're meant to use them. Because I find that because we don't have enough people digging in, diving in uh, spiritually, intellectually or otherwise in the consciousness of indigenous music and it, the many factors it's supposed to hold within societies that you, you sing everything anywhere, anyhow. There are those songs that exist in that spectrum, but there are songs that are directly related to what needs to happen. These are healing songs. These are songs that are supposed to cast away evil energy or songs as Pilisikai that heal uh, a home or, or that are meant to heal. And you find this particularly when you go into the sacred healing arts and the divination arts and technologies of Southern Africa, Nguni, Bantu, etc., that there are songs that are used that are imbued with spiritual power. And these songs activate certain wavelengths and portals uh, by which people are able to pray to the divine being and pray to the entities that being and call forth particular energies of light and understanding. But as much as we are able to call forth light with misunderstanding and misguidance, we're also able to, to by accident, tap into dark or spaces that we weren't intending to and invoke certain behaviors or patterns within other people because we're working with ingoma, understanding what ingoma, ubungoma, sangoma, all having the the the, the root word being ngoma. Uh, this 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 vibration then taps into nerve the nervous system of individuals, and when we misuse that, or we use it in a way that we're not meant to do, uh, people may have uh, symptoms or may respond spiritually, and we may not be trained or equipped to deal with that and so this is what i'm talking about is engaging the active ingredients allows you to understand what energy is being invoked in the sound and then once understanding that you're able to tap into the other energies or create your own energies but what we what must understand is as traditional people um uh, as this is zuguluana sikant. Yeah, we need to understand that 
there are technologies that have been generated and garnered for generations that we need to learn in the way that they've been played and the way that they've been made and then from that vantage point impart, recreate and renew but not to recreate without backbone and substance we need to know what we're creating for so that when we are working with a certain type of intention and energy with the room we're working with uh, with that with having full knowledge of our limits and others limits and what to do when so the offering uh, is just that it is a dream of the queen. and uh, this is a herbalist um, the, the vision and dream that a that a herbalist receives when realizing that those who hold the gateway with the ancestors and those who hold the gateway to the ancestral plane are misusing that and is then taken aback and realizes that they're about to embark on a journey where they now need to be a divine and not necessarily just a herbs person with with generational knowledge of what plants heals what, but getting and tap into that field where they now are custodian of culture, custodian of sound, and custodian of light, and therefore they are going to encounter the false custodians of light. And I understood that within the spiritual path, you will always encounter those who pretend to be the the, the wolves in sheepskin, those who pretend to be healers, but are actually amakuricha, um, and those who pretend to be those to help people but actually they have their own intentions at heart and I recall uh, on my journey home after the uh, I guess the offering of Nkaba when going home encountering that space I remember asking on Nkul hey man what's the difference between what is your take on the difference between Ikwele Ikwecha Ikwecha Isanusa whatever the case may be and he said there's no difference he said the difference is the intention, the heart, and what they use that knowledge for because the same diviner who heals is the same diviner who can kill. And this we know is true that the same people that are out here who are meant to be harming us, I mean healing us or harming us. Um, and so I realized that one needs to be careful. But simultaneously this, this, this offering has another subtext into it. It feeds off that confusion that we have because we do not understand ourselves and our, and our natural DNA codes that link us to Inkaba, that, that connects the spiritual umbilical cord to the higher power and the higher, and the higher uh, uh, frequency. Is to say that there was a, a very hectic um, surge of... of uh, Afrophobia, xenophobia within uh, South Africa, and contextualizing it at Afrophobia because it was just Africans were killing Africans. You know, other people from other places weren't being harmed, but that's not a co- conversation for another day. So this was very much related to class, race, poverty, and a lot of the the intergenerational wounds and systemic problems. But linking on to the intellectual. Uh, 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 disconnections and cognitive dissonances that occur within Africa where our indigeneity and our identities as we see reflected are the, the, the easiest things to attack in the physical and the spiritual realm, uh, leading to this confusion. And so the latter part of the song describes the coming, the coming of, of, I get, the coming of the, the, the injection of the seed of whiteness and whitewashing the, 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 the identity and the intelligence of, of the uh, African communities to divide and conquer and perhaps, in, and not perhaps, and the reality in the modern world is that what was happening. The remnants of those seeds were bearing mass fruit 
and which was analogous to what was happening in the continent. And so this describes a situation that where, where Africans decide to lynch another African within the continent on, the, on that, this, this basis. And to say, and just then to realize really what's happening here when you get into the microcosm of the heavy, dark energy that is existing within that time, but also the confusion, the disembodiment, the disenfranchisement of, of people connected to their, their lands, the sacred lands, the people running away from lands. This all links back to Inkab and the umbilical cord and how when we're not rooted and in communion with the earth, the earth will also reject us. And as the earth rejects us, we will reject each other. And so Ipupa Lekwela like, goes through a lot of these moments and it's another vibration that has just, has, has just made me realize whenever I encounter uh, or any funny energy, I'm just like, hey, this premonition existed, you know. I will, so in context, in further context, I went on the journey of, of my, my long, uh, how can I say, it had been... It had been about time to go on my divination journey. The ancestors were calling me. The visions that were occurring now were just coming stronger and stronger. And I was remembering the different phases in which that happened. But then this sound made me realize this, this, this offering just ca came out before me finally taking those walks uh, when packing my things, just packing all of my things and deciding, hey, I'm just going to go home and find home and understand home. And this offering just made me realize yeah, but remember that it's going to be tough when you're there. Just like it was tough before you left. People thought you were, uh, they didn't know when you were coming back. People were doubting. People were confused. But you knew that in your heart this is what must happen. And that is what you did. And so I want us to dive into Ipupa uh, Lekwel. And when meditating, understanding our own parts and how we've encountered this conversation with darkness and a conversation with people who are supposed to be sages and healers who then become something else. And in that context, uh, it's to meditate on that and say that it's okay because at the end of the, the sound, it's to realize that, that those low and negative frequencies may exist, but they won't always be there and they won't um, hold us back. And understanding that that they exist is power in itself when grasping at your own light and holding it together. There's work to be done. There's work to be done. There's work to be done. Assisting now within um, or leading on to when I would sit and 
and meditated to the gravity of, of, of the words and the fluidity. I want to now make mention of the technology that I was using as the base of this sound was, was always the, the mira, always the nyunga nyunga. That was the base of the sound. And this is when I started to understand the power of water and uh, the technology of water that it's embedded within the sound of the mbira that it always feels like water whether 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 it's like it's always just a body of water that i imagine whenever i feel and that i feel when i touch the the mbira keys and say yeah okay this is where we are and and it, realizing that water takes all shapes and any shapes and can be powerful and fluid um, as we all, have, uh, all know. And so it's just, again, me, uh, I think at this time I want to really make a powerful mention to how deep and how close I was to the Mbira at this time. I really moved everywhere with the, with my Mbira. Everywhere that I'd go, I'd have my Mbira with me. And... I would allow for it when I'm feeling heavy, when I'm feeling down. I would shape space and fight space with my mbira. I would uh, clean myself with the mbira. The, the keys, the way that the melodies and the harmonies, um, or the, the keys, the way that the relationship, let me say, uh, that the instrument had with itself, just the way the frequencies would combine and create more underlying frequencies uh, as the, the the patterns were interlocking with one another, made me realize the universe and the sound of the mbira and the cosmology within that sound of the mbira and how ancient it was when we understand the mbira on the African continent. Um, it reminded me of um, uh, some of the cosmology that exists around the mbira and the calabash where the mbira is put in or and how what each mbira symbolizes for the lemba in the Transvaal in southern Africa, that the, 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 the mbiras on one side are understood to, to symbolize the, 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 great, the grandfathers or the, and the others, the grandmothers, the, the string in which, uh, that surrounds the mbira is the serpent that is so revered within that tribe. The hole which, which you, you put your finger in is the, the deflowered virgin in that context. The, the scalabash is the impregnated womb and um, the community now, you're playing the community and that cosmology when you play. And I, I started to, to understand that the weight and the depth of the many messages that come within this technology. Uh, and it allowed me to then birth new sounds and birth new conversations. When my first po uh, point of reference was to play the Mbira and the Nyunga Nyunga in uh, learning from a, 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 one of my masters from Zimbabwe. And then understanding how it is played within Mozambique. And then also how it's played within Southern Africa and how we play the, the Sansa and the Miras and uh, putting in within our frequencies. And seeing me say to within that sound, which is our vibration, you know, our soul and our spirit within that. And this, this, this really uh, is so 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 important because when you listen to how these the the the, the vibrations uh, each each sound universe within each offering has its own frequency has its own message and this is no uh, this is uh, so clearly defined when vibrating with ipupa and it 
it is further defined, I guess, and elaborated on when, when understanding what mukwerera umtandas or what what it means to call forth light through umtandas, um, and really, 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 really powerful message given uh, by a friend and an elder that I. Uh, that I've come to love and walk with Usisoinge uh, unpacking what Gutandaza uh, is, you know, um, the ta being the rays, um ta, the rays of rays of light, uh, and Gundaza is to call forth and to call forth Gutandaza, calling forth the rays of light, calling forth light. And so I understood that. Uh, that amongst all the trials and tribulations of uh, the shiwela, like the wound, um, understanding the trials and tribulations of amapulamnyama, the internal fights and the consciousness fighting itself and eating itself because it feels it does not know itself, going to amambonomisa, going home and trying to find home and realizing home is always being destroyed, but then always realizing that home is always underneath my feet and up above me in the sky. Uh, walking to Ipupale Kwele where you go around asking why do I see what I see why are the visions like this Why and they, no one wants to answer you everyone wants to keep it to themselves the secret and you feel like you're going crazy only to realize that you are your own healing and you are your own healer and your elders are there to heal you and then you can understand the healing waters of Mukwerer and how um, the, the light and, and calling forth uh, the elders with uh, as well um, and other bodies and beings that uh, come through and we sing and we say like save us um, uh, and bless us um, uh, and guard us and guide us uh, uh, Lord um, Almighty uh, and so this offering was, I mean, pleading in all of these directions, but allowing the sound and the scopes to, to really uh, assist in that and give thanks to Kohokutandeka. Uh, shout out to her work. Please do check it out. Um, and ooh, Paul as well for really breathing new life. And this is the first time within the body of work coming together with others to say, hey, can you add this element uh, w with me because just to expand on this and different elements. Um, so really diving into to that really just cleans every time after listening to the whole body of work. I always listen to it in order because I know each each offering has a message that feeds onto the other and I need to go through all those emotions because when I go back to Inkaba right now, I always know that I'm going back because I'm finding myself stuck in the phase of Ipupalikwele from Zegel or I'm standing myself stuck in a certain phase and I need to listen to the song and to the next song to realize, okay, the next, the next chapter has been. And then I realized at some point how profound this divination was, how the sound tool and this body of work was me divining my own future, saying that, wow, you're going to go through all these phases, but realize that the healing waters will come. The rain will always come and you can always pray and call forth the light that is going to bring that and embody that and, and hold you in that. So in that way, I just want to give thanks to Umnombo Institute as well for you know the vision of that and or oh, that have just 
provided visions uh assisting in the dreamscape my and the family my family as well just to assist in ushering that body of work um uh, allowing me to understand so much you know and i guess even the good and the bad assisted in refining that that process uh and that's what i realized you know is that whoa like everything that you go through happens because you need the things that you need to learn that are, are going to be your tools in which you're going to use to assist others and so if you do not know pain you will not understand how to work with pain if you don't know trauma if you don't know anxiety if you don't know loneliness if you don't know depression if you don't know confusion you'll not be able to assist if you don't know sickness if you don't know certain ailments you will not understand how the herbs will respond to that and you would not be able to plead with that sincerity to release the active ingredients within that and therefore it's to plead with the sincerity of sound to activate the 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 active ingredients of sound like the grandmaster who ayubogada uh, the late ayubogada mentioned uh, that uh, as being a, a musician that i gave you everything and now uh, uh, i he just said i gave you everything you know that and it's such a beautiful thing into the practitioner of that that is the honesty is that i gave you everything because i was tapping into something that's so beyond and it wears one down when one is not able to come back and rejuvenate just to remind that rejuvenate yourself with that sound and wash yourself um you know and allow yourself to sit into those waters so with that uh, with all of you just to be with us and i hope um you enjoyed uh and really feel uh what is being shared i just want to say that this is just focused on the unpacking the sound frequencies through just stories you know just stories and stories as the most beautiful tools of sound that imbue and take like knowledge and and imbue and impart knowledge on us and so i want to share that space with you and keep sharing so that we will we we can all as a community understand the different sound technologies that exist on the continent um and how to engage them so that we can get the fullest out of them so that we can receive everything that we can need to receive and so that we can clear the channel way so that the divine bodies can give us the messages uh with that umukwerer come out
Call 